everyone, Michael Lunger here with another episode of Let's Innovate, the podcast where we uncover the passion behind great ideas. Today, we're talking with Leah Koss, who recently led an online workshop with us entitled How to Program Your Brain for Future Success. And since that was the past, and now we're in the future, by the time you are listening to this, you will also be in the future. So hopefully, if you're in that workshop, we've got these tips uh, and they're going to good use. Uh, but if you didn't, then we'll go over and we'll do a recap, but also dig a little deeper to find out more of the ideas behind the ideas. Leah is the founder and co-founder of growing organizations such as Build-A-Biz Kids, BBK Network, and Your Current Future. Leah Koss is on a mission to change the way that we value and educate people in society in order to prepare today's youth for a future filled with artificial intelligence, technology, and ongoing change. She has built platforms and education methodologies that promote the development of essential human skill development in children and youth. Uh, so glad you could be with us again, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. So Leah, uh, I do want to kind of go back into the past. So let's start there in high school, you know, before you became um, Leah Koss, um, leader, entrepreneur that you are today. What were you like back in high school? I was a very confused kid putting up a really good front. So, um, you know, not an unusual story. My parents divorced when I was young and I was, I was actually never a kid who wanted them to necessarily get back together. I was four at the time. I didn't really know any other way. But because of the divorces and things happening in both their lives, I ended up going to 13 schools between kindergarten and grade 12. Oh, wow. So it was a lot of moving, a lot of um, uh, bad habits that developed. You know, why bother mending this relationship? I'm just going to be moving again soon anyway, and I won't have to deal with you. Um, to the flip side of you know, oh, I can reinvent myself at this school, but what if they don't like me? Um, okay, I'll, I'll try a different way at this school and see if I'm accepted more there. And actually, um, you know, grade one to five, I really enjoyed school. Um, I had only, I'd been to a school in kindergarten, a school from one to four, and then grade five was a new school. And the first year was good. But then all of a sudden from grade six on, I just hit a point of a lot of bullying. Uh, there was, uh, you know, some schools where I would walk home and, you know, I had a group following me, throwing stuff at me. So all that kind of bullying experience, but always putting up a, a strong front, right? Never, never willing to crumble in, in public. So I'm, I am, a. it's interesting because, oh, sorry, my Alexa's talking to me here. <laughs> Speaking of artificial intelligence and technology, right? <laughs> right. So it's interesting because the person that I really wanted to be, I feel like I've been able to finally authentically be. Mm -hmm. But man, has it been a long journey because there was so much kind of dewiring that I had to do over time because I was I grew up thinking that the only way that I could be a valuable person to others was if I was the person they wanted me to be. As opposed to going, yeah, but who do I want to be and how does that matter to the world around me? So that kind of reflection took some time to have. And, and in fact, it took until I was in my 30s to really start asking those questions. Um, but yeah, definitely a different kid in, in school. Oh, wow. Yeah, I totally relate to that. You know, I, I went through a very similar experience. My parents, you know, had a, a rough go of it when I was younger and, and I really wanted to please them. You know, that was like my number one thing that sort of carried over into school is that I just wanted people to like me so much and then when the bullying started 
it was sort of like everything, my support system just collapsed. I was like, why don't people like me? You know, um, it was, it was a, you know, constantly trying to climb back up, you know, these social ladders, but it was really kind of like structures that you would, you know, put yourself into. So, you know, you had talked in our session, you know, a lot about your parents, um, and they had a vision for you and a plan that you didn't really fit into that you wanted for yourself. So, so how did they react when you started following your own passions? You know, it's really interesting. So I will preface this, that my parents are fantastic. They did their best in raising, as I believe most parents do, you know, whether you like how they raised you or not, it was what they knew. It was what they felt was in your best interest or the most that they could give at the time. And it's really new, this whole philosophy of what is healthy parenting. I feel like every generation, they feel like, well, I know, I know the best way. I mean, you look at like, I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s, the best way is through discipline, you know, give them the good backhand, the belt. And that was how you raise a really um, obedient, well-rounded child. Then it kind of went almost too far the other way. What can I do for you? How can I, you know, lawnmower parents and helicopter parents and all these different titles that parents have gotten now because they want to make things better for them than what they had. And now we're actually going, okay, what if we, what if we stop focusing on that? We look at things like, how does the brain work? What is it that the world needs? You know, artificial intelligence, robotics, all this kind of stuff has really challenged the idea of what it means to be a valuable human in society and the whole idea of grades. Um, what are we grading them on? Does that actually matter? Is that what I should be judging and disciplining and supporting and encouraging my child in? Or is there something that's missing? So to go full circle back to your question, then my parents did the best that they could. I have to say my mom, she told me I was smart. I was beautiful, that I can do anything that I want. And how could that ever be bad, you know? Um, but the thing is, is that really put a lot of labels on me. So I was called a natural early on in life at anything physical, athletic, dance. Because I was a natural, though, that made me go, oh, I can't let them see me sweat. I don't practice. I'm a natural. The moment I start practicing, I'm no longer a natural. And now I'm, I'm like everybody else. I have to try for it. But the thing is, is that works when you're young. But then all of a sudden, everybody who is practicing and doing that stuff, they, they override you really, really quickly. I start questioning myself. I thought I was natural. I thought I was the best. Why am I not the best? And then you you really have this big struggle. So um, when I talk about my parents and some of the labels they gave me, it's so interesting because we do it to others all the time. Oh my gosh, you're so slow. Hurry up. Come on. Oh my gosh, you're such a klutz. Isn't that funny and cute and endearing? Meanwhile, this person's now labeled themselves to go, yeah, you're right. And I'm, I'm going to laugh about it too. I'm such a klutz. I can't do the things that others do. And our brains believe whatever we tell them. So my parents, your parents, you yourself, if you are a parent or if you <laughs> have your parents, you know, look at them and, and go, what do you say to them back? Are you labeling them? You're so mean. Why are you always yelling at me? Um, you know, you never let me do what you what I want to do. These are also labels that you're now creating as a self-fulfilling prophecy for your experience. But it's also in a behavior that your parent goes, yeah, I am hard on you. Yeah, you're damn right I am, or you're darn right I am. You know, um, they're they're embracing those labels right back. Um, so yeah, that, my parents they did a great job. Our relationships continue to build differently with each one of them. Again, they are divorced, and so it's like two very different relationships with two very different personalities. And and also keeping in mind that who they were as parents when I was young, they're they've evolved in their own paths as well today. I mean, my dad. 
has had the, <laughs> it used to be the joke that you put me, him and his mom in a room. One says black, one says white, the other says gray, and we will hold our ground until the end. There is no budging us. We're stubborn, right? And yet, you know, my father's very much grown out of that, but yeah. for the better part of his life, he also had a certain persona he grew up with, a certain rep that he had to protect, right? And it was his identity. And it wasn't until he just realized, man, what am I holding on to all of this stuff for? It's not serving me. He released it. And his and, and my relationship has never been better because of this kind of release of what we thought the other wanted from the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting, I think, for a lot of kids, you know, in science fairs these days in high school and the of course they have the, the familial unit that, um, you know, perhaps they're giving them these labels, but perhaps they're also being perpetuated in schools and with your peers. And then that becomes even a more important group that either continues with those labels or you break out of them. So I'm curious to like, if you have any tips for, you know, if kids, you know, feel like they are stuck in these labels, maybe they don't even know they're stuck in these labels. Um, how do you help yourself, but also maybe help others that you see around you? Because I feel, you know, you have sort of like grown into this leader and I feel that, you know, it's more you helping others is also helping you yourself, you know, like um, it's this growing community of the teams that you work with, your peers around you, and they become like a really strong network for you to grow as an individual. Yeah, so, so many things were going through my mind when you were saying that. I mean, I have to say as an adult, one of the things that has served me so well is mentoring others because it's so often you give advice to somebody that you go, Oh, am I doing that? Like, you know, you're like, gosh, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Like, let, let me reflect on that for myself. But when you're young, how can you do that? Right. You need to show up every day and kind of hit the battleground. I mean, it, school can really feel like a battleground for students where you're navigating and going, you know, some days I really want to be noticed, but only if it's in positive ways. And then other days you're going, please don't look at me. Please don't notice me today because I just, I, I can't handle any kind of negativity that comes my way. The thing is, is, uh, and one of the things that was always a saving grace for me, which I want every student to, to understand, especially those that are having a hard time, is your world is not what happens in school. There is so much world outside of this bubble that you feel like you're trapped within. And I'm so grateful that there would be times where I used to call it floating and I would just show up to school and I'd be like, I just want to float. I, I just want to kind of go through my day and not try not to care one way or the other, the ups or the downs, just kind of get through it because I know watching movies and TV, there's so much more to life than what's happening in this space right now. So for those of you who are struggling, know that life continues, it grows, it evolves. You get to control who you are. Um, the tough thing is, is when you're literally in a box with other people who are judging you based on who you choose to be, um, it, can be it can be tough each day. So if I had to reflect, um, so much of it is the commentary that goes on in our brains that is probably the most difficult battle. It's one thing if some kid on the playground tells you you're a stupid idiot and they hate you, that hurts. But when you go home at night and you say that to yourself, oof, I used to say the hardest battle to win is the one you have with yourself because someone always loses, right? And you're, you're both sides of the argument. So one of the things that I talked about on that mm. um, 
event, that seminar that is going to be coming out, is I talked about this idea of an alter ego. You know, your brain really does what you tell it to. And I use the example of moving your hands and your fingers, right? How are you doing that? You're, you told your brain to tell your fingers to move. And likewise, if you say, I'm stupid, your brain goes, okay, your, your wish is my command. If you say, I can't do this, I am a stupid idiot. Your brain goes, okay, your wish is my command. It does what you tell it to. And so the first thing we have to do is try to stop that negative self-talk so that you can just feel the essence of who you really are. We were all born as happy, joyous individuals that were, were kind to one another naturally. We just are. And when all of a sudden um, outside influences start to harm that, we feel very out of alignment. So how do you stop that voice from happening? Well, it's tough. Like I said, you know, the, it's like having an argument with your mom or dad, like the louder you both yell, the, the louder the room gets, right? It doesn't necessarily help anything. So you don't want to argue with your voice. Instead, what you want to do is have a conversation with it and detach yourself from that voice because that voice that's being negative isn't you. It's a compilation of all of the voices you've heard outside of you and your brain is going, ooh, let's find more evidence that you are a stupid idiot as an example, right? Let's find more evidence. Ooh, see, that person looked at you funny. They think you're stupid. Oh, look at that teacher. They looked at you and said, I think you can do better than this. She thinks you're stupid, right? And it's gathering information. That's what that voice is. It's not you. So detach yourself from it. I call it your alter ego. And if you can give that alter ego a name, it's, it's incredible what a relief that feels on your brain. So when your brain starts going, man, you're so stupid. See, you're stupid. You go, for me, my alter ego is Francine. It's just a name. I believe it was a character from a TV show when I was a kid. And it just, she was the, the pain in the butt neighbor or something. And so it, that name just really feels, it fits for me. But choose a name that works for you. And I go, Francine, you're a little grumpy today, man. What's happening? And right away, you almost, depending on where you carry your stress, I carry it in my stomach and my chest. You feel a bit of lightning, like it, it just lifts a little bit and you don't feel like you're yelling at yourself anymore. You're instead externalizing it to something else. Your brain is also going, oh, I'm like, that's not me thinking I'm stupid. It's, it's someone, it's this Francine person. Who is that? You know, and it's, it's lightening the load of the programming it's happening in your brain. And you can have full out conversations with it. I mean, let's be honest, especially with COVID, we all talk to ourselves once in a while, right? So what if you could actually talk to this other individual? Don't try to rationalize it with it, right? But you're just trying to detach from it. Francine, you're a little grumpy. You know what? I think I'm kind of going to walk away from this conversation. Francine, you're, you're spiraling out of control. What's happening here, man? And you can start to actually laugh about it. And that right there was such a big, um, yeah, that really, really helped with not just reprogramming, but the first start was releasing some of that anxiety that we feel in our body and our mind and stopping that cycle where you're arguing with yourself and instead argue with somebody else and then just tell them to go away. <laughs>
Well, Leah, you know, thank you so much. Um, this has been a great uh, extra dive into uh, your brain and your past. Um, you have um, so many great practical tips. You know, like one final thing that I wanted to get into was that you you say that for young people, visualizing who they want to be uh, and, uh, and what they want to do for work is really important. So maybe you could end off with maybe some practical tips that if anyone's listening um, about that, what, that key message that you say about visualization. What are some tips that people can take away? Yeah. So in terms of the visualization and to just give a bit more context onto what I was uh, talking about on the other call. So often kids are asked, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right. And that's not what I mean by visualizing. Now, if you've decided already you want to be a doctor, that's that's cool. But the what a doctor's role will be like 10 years from now when you graduate could be really different. In fact, doctors are on the hit list that AI is going to be taking their jobs because it's really about a database of information being able to cultivate going, this person has these symptoms, and then it spits out something for you to say, this is, you know, um, what this person may have. Um, so that role might change. Instead, think of who you want to be, right? If you were to picture a superhero in your head and you you looked at them, or if you were to say, this is my best friend in the world, what are the reasons that I love this person? Um, I feel comfortable and welcomed around these types of people. I want to be that person who makes others feel that way. You know, it's all human traits. It has nothing to do with, oh, I really love that person because they get A's on their exam. Like nobody says that, right? So everybody likes others for the human that they are. And if you can picture who you want to be as a human, and then start walking that path. Again, you tell your brain, I am kind. I'm the type of person that people just love gravitating towards. I make people laugh. I make them feel good. If that's who you want to be, start visualizing that. And as I mentioned, your brain will do what you tell it to. And all of a sudden, you start to evolve into the type of person that you're not only really proud of, but other people love and, and find value in because of your specific uniqueness that you're now allowing to shine through. And that person can now be a doctor or create an entirely new industry of their own. You have the ability to do anything that you want at that stage. But don't worry about the what. For the people who say, find your passion and then go for it. What's your five-step plan to reach your goals? Nah, don't worry about that stuff. You're so young you're going to change what you like, you know, right down to the type of ice cream that you love now is going to change when you're 30, right? So don't worry about that identifying who you are and what makes you special. It's your humanness. And try to really visualize the person you want to be and then start to just tell yourself that commentary. Wow, amazing! Uh, you know what? I don't even like ice cream anymore. I used to I used to love ice cream when I was a kid, and I, you know, I just uh, it's, it's not my it's not my thing anymore. I'm, I'm more of a I'm more of a cheese and crackers kind of dessert uh, dessert guy. Uh, but Leah, this is amazing. This is all about being a better human, uh, which was the the title of that uh, webinar that we did um, with Francine, your alter ego, even Alexa, the AIs that we have around us. It's um, you know getting down to that core message of who we are as humans being the best who we could be. Thank you so much. Um, for people listening, where can people uh, learn more about you? Uh, if you want to learn about me, uh, if you or one of your parents has a, um, a LinkedIn account, you can find me, Leah Koss. I'm the only one on there. I've also got a website, which is yourcurrentfuture.com. 
youthcreativeyouth.com. But if you're curious as a youth and you want to learn about developing practical skills that are really fun and taking action in the real world and building that experience and perspective, buildabizkids.com or bbknetwork.com are our two youth organizations. Great. Uh, you should all check those places out as well as our website, sciencefairs.ca. Uh, we are currently still uh, sweating for science. Uh, you should get on there. I've been sweating for science. I'm just about to go for uh, another run. We've got our Youth Innovation Showcase uh, coming up. If you'd like to watch uh, the finals uh, online, uh, sign up for that. And of course, follow us on social media on Instagram at Youth Innovation Showcase, Twitter at Youth Innovation, and me, I'm Michael John Unger on Instagram, Michael J. Unger on on Twitter. Uh, until next time, let's innovate.